Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Streak for the Pod. Today it's NBA playoff season, and I'll be joined by Tam and Ibrahim, and we'll walk through the first round, as well as give our picks to win each conference and win the NBA Finals. Just a reminder, you can find us on Instagram, at Streak for the Pod, and if you're listening on iTunes, leave us a rating and review. We'd love your feedback to make the podcast better. Thanks guys, enjoy the show. What's up, Tamim? What's up, Ibrahim? How are you guys doing, man? I am excited to talk about the NBA playoffs, dude. What about you guys? We're going great. We're excited as well. We think there's going to be a lot of upsets this year in the playoffs. So oh, yeah? Tamim's looking for some upsets? What yeah, about you, I'm, 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 pretty, I'm pretty excited, man. Yeah, you know, I think, yeah, I think uh, it'll be really fun to just go through all these matchups and, you know, we'll talk about it. Like Tamim said, you know, we'll talk about it. Yeah, some upsets? We'll see, man. Uh, so right before we start the matchup, especially though, Especially in the East. Oh, yeah. I, I know what you're thinking about, man. Uh, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. So uh, just before we start talking about the um, the playoff matchups and stuff, what's something that, like, looking back on the season stood out to you guys the most? Just, you know, what's, like, that one thing that you guys were like, oh, damn, like, this really stood out to me of this season? I think on the East, it'd probably be how great uh, the Bucks played this year. No one would have predicted they'd be the first seed just after getting Boonholder. But they prove that they are and they're going to be a great team they'll get upset eventually but just the fact that they were able to get first seed uh just like by adding a couple shooters not really anyone else on their team and then i think brooklyn well, I think as the well thing brooklyn surprised everyone adding a new coach i mean i think that's like the biggest difference really is just the new coach new philosophy. yeah but i don't think anyone i don't think anyone would have predicted they'd be first seed just by adding a coach yeah, that's. And, I don't know. I think it was. I think it was fairly reasonable think, to think uh, they'd have a really well. good season, though. Yeah, but really good season mm-hmm. is different from like challenging the Warriors, like in terms of efficiency throughout this. That's true. I mean, statistically, yeah, they had like a really. really that's true. Yeah. That's a fair point. So that's why the Bucks very unexpected. I agree with him, hundred percent. On the topic of how, like how surprising the Bucks were, their efficiency on offense and defense is actually on par with Golden State. At least during the regular season, I don't think it'll translate to the playoffs because who you have on your roster as opposed to stylistic uh, advantages you have over your opponents. And then I think the other surprise I have in the East, the Brooklyn Nets. I think like I had them making the playoffs beginning of the year. I just don't think that a lot of people did. And I think the way in which they made the playoffs surprised a lot of implementing a zone after a couple months. And that really helped them with their defense. They've always been a decent offensive team. Kenny Atkins is Mike D'Antoni's disciple. But just the fact that they were able to figure out a way to compete on defense with their zone and use a zone to stop teams that shoot threes, that zone actually worked pretty well against the Rockets. It's like a team that's known for shooting threes just because of how they were able to force Harden to pass the ball around. So I think they're going to be able to compete with a lot of teams in the playoffs just because of that zone in like years to come and just surrounding players with like shooters and then having a team first defensive mentality on the, with the zone. Yeah. I mean, I think the Nets are a fantastic story. Uh, so are the Bucks. Um, we'll, we'll talk a lot more about this as well when we get to the playoff matchups. Uh, Ibrahim, what was your big thing that stood out to you? So one thing that stood out to me in the East specifically was uh, Kawhi Leonard playing 60 games this year. They were still the number two seed. And, um, you know, at times they've shown to be 
a really, really good team, team that could compete with the Bucks for the East. Um, and it seemed like he kind of just coasted through the season. He only averaged 34 minutes a game. He had one of his best and most efficient offensive seasons of his career. Uh, defensively, you know, he's still extremely sharp. He has great hands. So Kawhi Leonard being healthy and preserved and ready to kind of up his game in the playoffs, I think um, is what really stood out to me is that the Raptors were able to do that and they were able to get better uh, as the season went on as well. Yeah, I mean, um, for the so Raptors, kind of, it's really all about the playoffs, man. So, I mean, I, I'm not surprised at all that they rested Kawhi the way they did. Um, you know, I think they did a great job of managing their players. And I think the emergence of Pascal Siakam, like, being the primary yeah. option on some nights, I think that was a huge thing, that they felt more comfortable resting Kawhi. Yeah, absolutely. He's he's really grown into um, a solid third option on on the top-tier East team. Which exactly, is exactly. I think cool he's one see. of the reasons that they're going to win the East, but we'll get to that. So yeah. how about we jump to the matchups then without any further ado? So uh, we'll just start off in the Eastern Conference, you know. Um, it'll be a little quicker to go through there, uh, especially the Bucks against the Pistons. Uh, what do you guys think about this matchup? Like any, do you guys give the Pistons any chance at all whatsoever? No. no. Uh, I'm not even thinking I think about it's a four games. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not thinking about it either. Yeah, I mean, honestly. What the Pistons do well is they... They bring the ball in the paint and they give the ball to Blake Griffin and, and Drummond gets rebounds. Milwaukee, they're they they have enough size to take away that, and they have enough length to double the post guys and get out onto shooters. Um, Detroit has some of the worst perimeter shooters in the NBA, and so I think the and uh, Milwaukee's length will just it just won't be a series that's close at all. Yeah, I agree, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a clean sweep. Um, you know, Blake's yeah, injury much. just makes matters worse. But, you mm-hmm. know, on the Bucks side of the ball, they match up really well against the Pistons. The season series was 4-0. Um, Giannis usually guards Blake Griffin. He's one of the few people that can slow down Blake Griffin. Um, and, you know, if you have, you have Brooke Lopez with Andre Drummond, and the Bucks are just able to match up really well against the Pistons. Uh, Ibrahim, any closing thoughts or any uh, anything to expound on? No, that? nothing really additional other than that. I think you guys covered it. They're they're really just uh, the Bucks do everything better than the Pistons. It's simple as that. So I don't see anything more than a sweep happening here. Yeah, I mean, at the same time though, you know, we were bagging on the Pistons. I want to pay them a little bit of a tribute. So if anyone oh, has any absolutely. positive things to say about the Pistons, here's your I time. Mean, they, I mean, Blake Griffin has had a great season, and he's continues to show that he's a really, really good player. He had probably one of the best seasons of his career. Drummond led the league in rebounding with like 17 rebounds. That's insane. Those are crazy numbers. Those are good players. Um, and I think Dwayne Casey's actually done a pretty good job with this team. So credit to them, but they're not going to compete with the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Uh, that's a definitely a fair assessment to have of the series. So we're going to play a little fun game now with all the uh, playoff series. And I've assigned an, an over-under number and a favorite to each series. So how it works is I'll say a certain team will win in over and under a certain amount of games. So, for example, for this, the wager is the Bucks win in over-under four and a half games. So if the Bucks win in four, then if you took the under on that, you win. If the Bucks take five or more games to win or the Pistons somehow win, hypothetically, then whoever took the over on the four and a half games wins. So do you guys understand the game? Yes, I do. Yeah. Cool. So for this series, the wager is the Bucks winning and over and under four and over under four and a half games. So what are you guys taking? Over or under? We'll make it a friendly competition. Under. Under? Under. under. Yeah, I'm gonna take the under. Yeah, I'm going under as well. 
So that's uh, that was pretty straightforward. I promise all of them won't be that straightforward. <laughs> yeah. And uh, starting with this I one, I want to see actually. the Pistons offseason. Oh yeah, sorry, Town. Do you want to see the Pistons this offseason? I want to I want to see if they add an offseason before we take them serious. Blake Griffin's great. I think they need a they need a point guard that they can trust and they can get the ball to. Reggie Jackson's getting older, and they need some shooters around Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. Yeah, I think uh, Luke Kennard and uh, and Langston Galloway, you know, have been uh, have been decent. Uh, they also have Wayne Ellington. They picked him up off the scrap heap. Yeah, Wayne Ellington's nice man. He's a decent. Player. Guys have been inconsistent. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I but, think, yeah, those are those are good additions. Yeah, I just think they need uh, they need some more. That's true. Um, Reggie Jackson also has not been playing up to the level that we were used to with Reggie Jackson before he started getting injured. But yeah, I don't know, man. I think he's playing at the level that we're used to seeing him play. But you know, that's enough of that. Yeah, uh, Reggie Jackson. Let's focus on focus on two and seven. Anyway, Celtics and Pacers. So, what do you guys think about this one? I think this one is actually low key kind of intriguing. Uh, with this Marcus Smart injury, he's going to be out for the first two rounds, I believe, at least with this uh, oblique injury. So, Celtics and Pacers. What do you guys think? This one's an interesting one for me. Uh, it's tough. I think uh, I think Celtics one and five still. It might be a close. It might be a close five, but I think it's still five games. Just because at the end of the game, it's going to be Kyrie Irving. It's going to be whoever they have on the pictures. Trying to out on Kyrie Irving. And I think Gordon Hayward, he's, he hit his form like I talked about in the last podcast where he's like, he was starting to pick it up then. He he has shown that he's like now ready to play in the playoffs and he's like, he's getting assists. He's running the second unit. And so I think Celtics are, they're starting to hit their stride right, right when it counts. And I just think it'll be too much for the Pacers. Yeah, but I mean, look, to play devil's advocate, every time you think the Celtics, or Ibrahim, you can back me up or uh, go against me on this as well. Every time you think that the Celtics are hitting sure. their stride, they take a huge step back. That's, that's the whole thing about the Celtics this entire year has literally been, you think they're hitting their stride, they take a step back. You know, now they kind of lose someone who's the heart and soul of their team, yeah. Marcus Smart, and, he's gonna, and now he's going to be out. So how, who knows how they'd react to that, you know? So I think that's a fair assessment, Ronak. They're such a deep team that I don't know how much it'll affect them. Sure. Yeah. At least against the Pacers. At least against the Pacers. That's fair. They're deep with wings. Uh, yeah, Ebo, what do you think, man? Yeah, that's a fair assessment. And I think that that would definitely apply in the second round or if they get there to the conference finals um, is how the Celtics' up and down performance over the years or over the season, I'm sorry, ha- uh, affects them in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But in the first round, you know, the They were kind of good without Victor Oladipo for a few games, and they kind of dropped off. Um, and I, I really don't think they're a playoff team. They just don't have the talent. And like Tamim said, the Celtics have the depth regardless of um, the ups and downs they face in the season. So I think it'll be five games. I'm going to take the under. Fair, fair. Uh, yeah, so I mean, you know, before I said the over and under um, – yeah, so the wager is the Celtics winning in over and under five and a half games. So I'm actually going to go with the over here. Um, I, I get that the Celtics are a lot better or a lot better of a team than the Pacers. I just think the Pacers can can take two games from them, you know, uh, before the Celtics win four. I think they'll just, you know, maybe take game three and, so, and game five or something like that. You know, just playing for pride. I like the way the Pacers play. They all play hard. I think. They're a hard-nosed style team. I think that can catch the Celtics by surprise in a game or two if they're not expecting it. So that's just my opinion. It's possible. Series. Yeah, I it's just don't know. I just possible. don't know. Playing Miles Turner, so 
the bonus. So those three guys, those three bigs that they like to play, I just don't know how effective that'll be against a coach like Brad Stevens. We've seen him take away facing on teams that are better than that lineups. So I just don't think Indiana will have success with trying to try not you know play with their limitations against Brad Stevens. No, that's fair, but I mean, at the same time, the Celtics' uh, best defensive lineup, at least, has been with Aaron Baines and Al Horford. So, I mean, it's not like the Celtics are aren't going to play; they are going to play small for most of the games. I think that this is this is a series where they'll play big to match how the Pacers kind of play. But we'll see what happens. Yeah, It'll but Horford Horford has such a huge offensive advantage over the other bigs, where he's like he's pretty much considered a small in terms of his skill offensively. He could he could post you up, but he can also shoot from the perimeter. Yeah, and I and I think Miles Turner is kind of like a, a poor man's version of that, but we'll see. We'll see how it goes. A very very man's version. <laughs> hey, Miles Turner has been pretty good this season, man. I think no, he's, he's a pretty good player, man. Borderline all defensive player. player. I, no, I mean in terms of skill and in terms of skill set. Player, I'm talking about in terms of skill set. Yeah, no, I mean, that, that's fair, but at the same time, mm-hmm. I think Miles Turner, you saw him short a little bit. He's a very good player. I just think without Oladipo, yeah, the Pacers don't have much luster to them, but I think they play hard. Uh, I think they can surprise him. Yeah. I just think the way that the Celtics play, they could be overlooking the Pacers a little bit, and that's why I give them a chance to win two games, at least. <laughs> Next series, Raptors against the Magic. What do you guys think about this one? The ser- season series is actually tied 2-2. Two to two. Yeah, I think the Magic are actually um, a solid team. Second half of the year, they've actually been a solid team. Um, they play pretty good defense. Aaron Gordon, inside the paint, he can hit his three a little bit. He can um, play good defense and rebound. So they're a solid team. Um, but I think that the Raptors have a lot of depth and they just have a lot of talent. Uh, Kawhi Leonard is probably unguardable by anybody on the magic so that's just going to be a mess for them to deal with and then around Kawhi Leonard you have you know really good wing defensive players like Danny Green and um, you know Kyle Lowry's a pretty good defensive player as well and so that's just going to stop guys like Terrence Ross and like Evan Fournier you know those are good players and like they can shoot and they can get hot but when you have like Kawhi and Danny Green and guys like that defending them in the playoffs it's just really hard for them to play I think in the style that they play offensively. So I think the magic will be um, kind of, I'm treating the magic similarly to how I would treat the Pistons in this series where like, I I don't think they're really going to compete with the Raptors. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think so either. There's, there's really, it's, it's kind of like these two bottom of the barrel East teams, the magic and the Pistons that squeak into the playoffs. Like both of them really don't have a chance against the top teams. Um, Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I, the Magic are good. Like, yeah, I good, yeah, I, I would say the the reason I wouldn't categorize the Magic like the Pistons is that the Magic actually have some things that can work. Like they have some they have some players that can make some moves. Like that Vucevic, a Fournier pick and roll can cause the matchup issues uh, for the Raptors, yeah. especially if they have Marcus Hull at center. I think that that could uh, that could get the that's kind of a matchup yeah. the Raptors wouldn't like as much. Um, you know, at the same It'll time, they'll have to be Gordon scoring a lot of points in order for them to, to take more than one game in this series, in my opinion. Yeah. They don't have to have a 40-point game where they try to take advantage of Gasol. But I don't, I don't see it happening. I think the Raptors are just so deep. Yeah, the Raptors yeah. are an incredible team. I mean, there's a reason why they're my pick to, uh, to win the East. I just think they can play any style of basketball. They 
have legitimate players like basically everywhere. Like they have one of the best shooters in the NBA and Danny Green. Pascal Siakam is the most improved player of the year by a mile. Um, they Jeremy have Kawhi Leonard Lin coming off the bench. Yeah, I, I would say Fred Van Vliet more than Jeremy Lin, but sure, yeah, they have so many players coming off the bench so deep. It's, yeah, it's very hard to stop the Toronto Raptors. Uh, I wonder how many guys they'll play with in the playoffs. Yeah, but I feel like it's also a good thing that they have so many choices, right? Instead of like cutting their rotation, they can kind of you know go with, oh, you know what, people are feeling tired against the Magic. We're up three zero in the series, you know. Jeremy Lin, here we go, you know, just throw some guys in. Yeah. Uh, OG Ananobi is injured for the Raptors, though. He had an emergency yeah. appendectomy. Yeah, and that's and that's a pretty serious injury, right? Like he'd be out for a considerable amount of time in the playoffs. I think it's two weeks, so it's first round. First round, okay. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think. I mean, I don't know how much that affects their depth, really, but I, you know, I think, um, I think they'll still shorten their rotations a little bit. It's still the playoffs, you know. So yeah. I think to me, I have a point there, but um, yeah. Yeah, it'll it'll be fun to see how it shakes out. I mean, we'll get to the wager for the series though, um, because there are a lot more uh, other interesting series to get to. So Raptors winning an over under four and a half games, guys. Go ahead. What do you think? I got uh, I got under. Under. Okay. Evo. Uh, I'm gonna take the over on this. I just you know it's possible that the Raptors drop a game. It's yeah, I think impossible. the Raptors drop a game as well. I'll go over. I think the Magic can can get one game on them, but we'll see. Yeah. It'll be uh, really interesting. These are all the stuff. Cool. So this is, I think, the big kahuna of the first round in the Eastern Conference. And I know you guys have a ton to say about this. The 76ers and the Nets. So I have some good news for Sixers fans, and I have some bad news for Sixers fans. I think you guys know what I'm about to say. The good news, mm-hmm. Joel Embiid is averaging 30 points per game on 60% shooting from the field against the Nets this season. He has absolutely bullied Jared Allen the entire year, every time they've wow. played. Uh, but then I'm going to get to the bad news, which is he's doubtful for the first <clears throat> game with knee soreness. And, you know, for Joel Embiid, this is not the first time that he's had knee issues. And the season series is tied 2-2. Two to two. So take it away. I know, Tamim, you have a lot to say on this topic, so go ahead, man. I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, I think in order for the Nets to win, they need to win. They need to be able to win in the first game of the series. It's just without, and then I think the other thing is their zone needs to be successful. So if you look at where the the Nets rank, they actually give up the most two pointers of like any other team just because of that zone. And they they don't they force you to not shoot layups. Or that's like the whole defense struggle of any shot besides that. And that we like we talked about earlier in the season that has issues with uh, Ben Simmons and spacing. That is. Good. I think it'll be a competitive series. I know a lot of people don't take Brooklyn seriously. Maybe not in this in this chat, but I think in general, a lot of people don't take Brooklyn seriously. They can win this series. I don't know if I'm going to pick them to win. I think they can take it to seven, though. Sure, yeah. Uh, that's that's definitely a fair assessment of it. Uh, Ibrahim, what about you, man? What do you think? Yeah, I think your your assessment of it possibly going to seven is totally fair. Um, they are a pretty good defensive team. I think the numbers suggest they're about as good as the Sixers. Um, and so if, if Embiid is out, um, which he's out for, he's probably not going to play game one. And if his injury, whenever he comes back, um, is limiting him in the series, then the Sixers are really going to have to rely on their outside shooting, right? Because they can't just dump it into Embiid inside. And 
Um, that's where Brooklyn's defense really is going to come and, and play an important role. So if they can steal game one and if they can, you know, get one out of two um, at home, which I think is, is realistic for them. Um, I think, I think it could get interesting. Um, I would probably say it's higher likelihood that it ends in six rather than seven, but again, I could see it going to seven. So, yeah, I mean, I can yeah, definitely, and, yeah, sorry. Go ahead, Tam. But I, th- I think uh, it'll be Jimmy Butler just having great games. Brooklyn doesn't matter what Brooklyn does with their zone or how great D'Angelo plays. Uh, Butler will just play amazing shots. It'll mask a lot of the things that Brooklyn tries to take away. So I agree with Ebo. It could, you know, it could definitely go to six. It could, you know, it could end in five. But I'm just saying there's a possibility of seven. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, just, we'll just looking at like all these Eastern Conference matchups on paper, there's no better one than this. Uh, honestly, in my opinion, these teams yeah. honestly seem kind of e- uh, equal to me. Uh, I think the difference though is that the 76ers are a much more athletically talented team, while the Nets are are a much superior team in terms of style and scheme of play. Um, I mean, in, in the sense that the Nets kind of play the game in an efficient manner where they're forcing their opponents to shoot two-pointers, like you said, Tamim. They're, they're focused mm-hmm. on making layups and threes. But then on the other hand, you have the 76ers, which, you know, they have a point guard who can't shoot. They're one of the worst shooting teams in the NBA. They're 27th in bench scoring compared to the Nets being second in the league in bench scoring. Um, just stylistically, the, the 76ers are inferior to the Nets, but in just terms of pre-athleticism and star players, the 76ers are much superior to the Nets. So I think it'll be interesting yeah. to see what wins out, if it's scheme or if it's star players. Um, Basketball has always been a game where you kind of look at the stars as well. Yeah, I agree with that, Ron. I, like, I think, I think uh, it's, it really comes down to the stars, especially in the playoffs, especially in the first round. Um, I think the talent really matters, but MB is, is going to be dealing with an injury. So kind of that's, that's just the balance sure, a little bit huge. more in the favor of Brooklyn, you know, maybe not all the way, but you know, if Embiid is off the floor, if he's limited, that helps Brooklyn, right? That that's just one less extremely talented player on both sides of the ball that they don't have to deal with. Exactly. Exactly. I agree with that hundred percent. Ebo, uh, Tamim, what you were saying. So I was looking at a stat earlier. They allow the third most mid-range shots in the NBA. Uh, so with a corner, like they leave, they allow the fifth least corner threes on the left side and second least. So their, their whole defense is just, they're trying to make you shoot mid-range jumpers. They don't give up corner threes and they don't give up threes in general. And so that's like, that's something that could like, just could, could, could like, I think it could play in their hands. Um, but Jimmy Butler, he'll make tough shots. So it's tough to say. Exactly. I, I think the two real X factors for me is Jimmy Butler, like you said. But the other thing is uh, Ben Simmons guarding D'Angelo Russell. Uh, a lot when you watch the Sixers, you see a lot of these smaller kind of playmaking guards because the Sixers are a very like big team. They play like really tall lineups. But the mm-hmm. one drawback of that is a lot of these small kind of playmaking guards have had a lot of success against them. And D'Angelo Russell is one of those kind of uh, not really athletically kind of gifted guys, but he's a very shifty kind of guy. He makes plays. And, I, and, you know, now the Sixers are probably going to put Ben Simmons on D'Angelo Russell. And here's the thing about Ben Simmons, man. The guy in the half-court offense is, like, he's a negative, especially in the series against the Nets, which they love people who can't shoot. You know, he's a negative in the half-court offense in this series. So if he wants to make himself a valuable player in the league, I think a big step is shutting down D'Angelo Russell. 
If he can do that, then I'll be all right. You know what, Ben Simmons, you showed me something this series. And I think the 76ers yeah, are right. looking for that as well. What do you think yeah, about that, Because right. I know you're very critical of Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Cool. So I think, Yeah, I, I agree with that. I agree with your statement. So I think we've discussed a lot on the 76ers net series. So we'll get down to the wager here. So I, used, I had this at 5.5 when Embiid was healthy. But now that he's missing a game, uh, I've upped it to 6.5 to make it a little bit uh, more harder to pick since I had, I had to stop uh, breaking the game. That's hard. No. <laughs> yeah, that is hard. Yeah, so 76ers winning an over-under six-and-a-half games, guys. What do you think? Tam, Amigo first. Over just because I want to be unique here. And I think if I, if I get this right, I'll probably win this whole thing. Because so, yeah. we're pretty much the same on every other pick. That's fair. That's fair. Um, we're actually different uh, on two of them. We're different on the Celtics-Pacers. I'm different with you, and you're same with Ebo, and then in the Raptors. Yeah, but, Raptors but those could go either way. Yeah, fair. Those fair. could go either way. I I just think with the majority of people, I, I, I don't know. Brooklyn can get, can get Phillies and problems. And we saw it last year. In the playoffs, they're a different team. Yeah, So that's fair. What about you, Ibrahim, under or over? Yeah, this is a really tough one. Um, but I think I'm going to end up going under. I'm, I was really close to deciding over, but I think I'm going to go under. Yeah, um, it's under. Th- oh, yeah, go ahead, man. Before I... No, I just, you know, it, it, could ha- it could happen if there's game seven. But if I'm if I'm making a wager, I don't think it's... Uh, likely, so that's just my. I was very close to picking seven, though. But you know, that's fair. Um, for me, I, I'm going under. But it's this is one of the series where if the Nets win one of the first two games, it's going to seven. I guarantee you. But if the Sixers come out in front of their home crowd, boom, get two games right there, it'll be done before seven. So I mean, you can say that about a lot of series, but I think this one is really like 100 percent momentum based. You know? Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so I, I I agree with that. Yeah, so we'll jump to the Western Conference. Warriors and the Clippers started off with, honestly, a really easy one. Um, you know, I, I do want to say the Clippers, though. I doubted them a little bit after they traded Blake Griffin last year, and Doc Rivers showed that he's not a good manager, but he's a great coach. And I think everyone who kind of looked down upon him in terms of his coaching uh, when he had the general manager duties kind of made a mistake because he's a great coach, just not that good of a personnel guy. Um, that's just my opinion, and I think the Clippers have uh, kind of shown that as well in the way that they play as a team, and they take Doc Rivers' mentality. Um, I know Tamlin's been a huge fan of the Clippers, so you can talk a little bit about them. Yeah. I was actually Jordan last year. I said that, that having those two players wouldn't really yield to any winning. Um, even if you add an, a, another star onto, onto those two ball, you're still kind of always like a fifth to sixth seed, not really not really beating anyone serious. I think now that they have a team where like everyone is just, everyone can shoot a lot of guys. You can dribble the ball and ball handle. Montrez Harrell, as you are athletic, you need to defend the perimeter. The Clippers are so much better than they were last year, I think, even when you, when they had DeAndre Jordan and Blake Griffin. I don't think they'll the Warriors in any sense, but I think they're, they're a team that you have to pay attention to Next year, I think they're a team that could probably attract more free agents from the Lakers, even um, just because of how their roster is constructed and how they're they're built to win right now. Any superstar that goes to the Clippers makes makes the Clippers a lot more opinion. Exactly. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge believer in like the Clippers players' trade value uh, is a lot higher than the Lakers players' trade value right now. I mean, if they have any left, uh, they have a ton of free agents. But I mean. 
if you look at LeBron, like, yeah, his trade value is really high. But then you look at, like, number two on the team all the way down. Like, the Clippers have great players on their team. They have great players in terms of trade value. And um, they have one of the more underrated players in the NBA in Landry Shamit, who's, who's the only guy since Steph Curry to shoot, like, the percentage he's shooting from three-point range. As a rookie. As a rookie, exactly. That's a stat. Yeah, yeah three-point range as a rookie. Yeah. Best in Steph Curry. Yeah. 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 Give credit to their GM for putting a roster together. That's that's like not really superstars, but it's just again a bunch of guys that can make plays and shoot. Yeah, I believe Jerry West great is their. Well. Um, so is, I think Jerry West, West is a is an advisor, yeah. but it's Lawrence Frank. I think is the is the person who's making all the the basketball decisions. Uh, I'm sure Jerry West is involved, but I think Lawrence Frank is is like the president or executive VP or whatever um, title. He yeah, has. they mod- they modernize their roster pretty well. Yeah, I think they did a great yeah. job of kind of getting rid of, like, aging assets and just getting a ton of, like, young, like, really bouncy assets. And Tobias Harris, they they flipped yeah. him, basically. I like I like the way that they uh, played that yeah, game with well, Tobias Harris. Yeah, exactly. They couldn't resign yeah, him anyway, so they may as well trade him and get the value. Yeah, I think they've made they've made so many fantastic moves. They just, like you said, well, first of all, Ron, I think your statement about Doc Rivers um, – Proving his worth again to people who doubted his coaching ability uh, this season has been probably the most impressive thing about the Clippers team is just how well he's done a job coaching them. Um, obviously, they have zero all stars. These are all like really good, um, really good, talented, skilled players with high trade value, but absolutely no star star power there. So the fact that they've been able to play as well as they did is um, and the and they're only pretty amazing for Doc Rivers. Yeah, I mean they had a yeah, they had a really good that, season. That's crazy. But the West is just really packed. So I mean, yeah, the West that's is the West kind is of a product packed. of the West. You know, everyone is within four or five games of each other, except for the Warriors. Um, so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's kind of just the way it rolls. Like someone had to be the sixth seed, someone had to be the eighth seed, someone had to be the yeah. seventh seed. It just it's just how it shakes up, and that's kind of unfortunate. Yeah. The eighth seed has to play the Warriors. It could have been the it could have just as easily been the Thunder, to be honest. So yeah, I mean they were yeah. the eighth seed like a week ago, right? They were the eighth exactly. seed like four games left to go. So, About a week ago, um, man, <laughs> shit changes. <laughs> I think with the East, you'll you'll have you'll have upsets more in the second round of the playoffs. With the West, you'll have some upsets in the first round. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, really there may so. be. I mean, we, we yeah. will, we'll get to those, but I mean, uh, you know, I just you can't say enough about the Warriors. They're back in this position again, uh, top of the West. Uh, it, you know, even though people like expect it out of them, it, it's also great that you know the Nuggets were leading the West for a lot of the year, and the Warriors just kind of came out, stomped them a few weeks ago, and then never looked back and took that seed. That's good for them. Um, yeah, I mean, they're a championship level team. They're the most talented team. Uh, I, I, it's just they've uh, they've really honed in on their ability to coast through the regular season, but really still tighten up their game as it goes on and then just be ready for the playoffs. Um, they just do it without anyone really noticing. It's pretty impressive. Exactly, exactly. Um, their defense that was struggling a little bit in the beginning of the year, they brought it up to top 10 in the NBA in terms of defensive rating. So, you know, I think they're geared up for another playoff run. Um, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. So as far as this series goes... I have the Warriors uh, in over or under four and a half games. Uh, what do you guys think? I will take the under on that. Um, Tamim, what do you mm, think? Over or under? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say over. Over? Cool. Yeah. I, I I see the Clippers winning. I see the Clippers winning one game at least. Yeah, I'll take the under on yeah. that. I think Warriors win four. Um, I just think the Clippers, as great of a story they are, 
um, it just stylistically, I just don't see how the Warriors could drop a game against them. I just think the Clippers, like, they play a great style of play, but the Warriors play that same style and, and then some. So it, it's tough. I like the Clippers story, though. I think they're a team that I'm going to watch next year and definitely you know, be excited to watch their games. So next series, yeah. this is a really entertaining one. You know, at first I was a little bit, oh man, you know, is this actually going to be competitive? But now, you know, I've read a lot about it. I've been hearing a lot about it. And I am jazzed up for the Rockets against the Jazz, man. The fourth seed nice. in the West, the Rockets against the fifth seed, the Jazz. And, you know, the Rockets have no one to blame except the Denver Nuggets for where they ended up. <laughs> if you, uh, someone went back and kind of looked at all the games the Nuggets decided to throw with their benching their players and the games they decided to play and it ended up being that the Nuggets did that just so the Rockets could get on the other side of the bracket. It was like, they, you couldn't have done a better job of getting the Rockets away from you in your bracket. So yeah. um, I think Daryl Moore actually <laughs> tweeted that. Yeah, I because yeah, I saw that. I'm sure just, the Rockets ran their analytics as well and figured out something. what the Nuggets did. That's hilarious, man. So that's Good really move with the Nuggets, man. So, they've, they've positioned themselves to make it to the Western Conference Finals. So. Yeah, if exactly. they went out, right? Exactly. So. But uh, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, yeah. So, yeah, Rockets and Jazz, man. What do you guys think? What do you guys think about the series? Um, you know, the Rockets did beat the Jazz in five games last year. Um, Ricky Rubio was out for the entire series. But any interesting storylines that stand out to you? I think the Jazz have been a yeah, uh, think... really good team this year. I, and I think, uh, I mean, post-All-Star break, they're like 18-6. and six. I think uh, they start off the season pretty slow their first, like, 25 and 30 games, and they've been really, really solid since then. Um, but I think uh, guys like Rudy Gobert, the matchup of Rudy Gobert versus Clint Capella, I honestly think the Jazz win that matchup. Um, and I think um, just kind of their ability defensively, I think, will come into play in slowing the Rockets down a little bit. Not that the Rockets won't win, but I think the Jazz will remain extremely competitive on the defensive end. They have a lot of really skilled guys. Um, you know, maybe they have a different style of play, but um, they have, similar to the Clippers, I think, they have really solid guys kind of all around the floor who can do a lot of stuff. They can rebound inside like Derek Favors, Rudy Gobert. And they have guys like obviously Jingles and um, Ricky Rubio and Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, but the big question about the Jazz isn't really defense, but it's really been offense. Can they even score on the Rockets? I mean, the Rockets are second in defensive efficiency since the All Star break. Um, both these teams kind of had very similar seasons. They both started slow, and since the All Star break, they're number one and two in net rating. Um, but I don't know. I mean, I mean, do you think the Jazz can score on the Rockets? Because I have my doubts on that. That's kind of the end of the end of the floor where I really have the most doubt about the Jazz. Yeah, I think they can score. As a Rockets fan, I think they can score. Well, how different they are than a lot of these teams on the on the West. They they like to move the ball and they, they don't set off for bad shots. They have enough skill players to score. It'll it won't it won't be enough to win a lot of games, but I think they'll be competitive for sure. And it won't necessarily be games where it's there's like 15 point margin. And, and uh, the Rockets win, in my opinion. Sure. I mean, the opening line for the games. first game is six and a half points, just to give you a frame of reference. So, so I, don't, I honestly think that it will be blowout games, but I think there'll be blowout games in both directions. Um, I think I could see, like, in Houston, I could see game one, the Rockets winning by, like, 15 points. Maybe the same thing in game two. But I think a game in Utah, the 
the Jazz maybe take a game where they just control it the whole way. I think it's entirely possible. And I think some of the yeah, losses well. uh, to the, the Rockets have had, and many playoff teams have um, in the previous couple of years, that's kind of how it goes sometimes where, you know, you may be a really good team, but you just don't have it that day. Um, the Jazz are a really good team. And so I could see them blowing the Rockets out, scoring a bunch of points at home, but um, that's not going to make them win, in my opinion. So, yeah. so none of us think that the and Jazz I, can pull I think an upset. Both teams are incredibly. No, I don't think so. I think I think that Jazz are Jazz and Rockets are they're both incredibly undervalued in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I I I both like, I think the that Rockets are after, pretty well the season. Yeah, I mean, after the Warriors, I, I mean, in terms, in terms of seating, in terms of seating, I mean. Oh yeah, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I think I mean I had the Jazz as being like a top four seed coming into the season and they finished the season yeah. like a top four seed but they obviously yeah like you said the slow start that's fair yeah i mean for me it's kind of like the warriors are the yeah. best team in the west third then you have the rockets and then yeah exactly the i'd say the jazz nuggets and thunder at different points in the season have all been the third best team in the west so it really uh i think the jazz like if I, beginning of the year i had the jazz as th- i predicted they'd be a third seed it'd be warriors rockets jazz rockets they, they, you know, they, they weren't able to finish, uh, finish strong enough to bring their seating up. But I think they're, they're both, they both deserve a higher seating. And I, it's, it sucks to see this game the first round, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, honestly, sometimes it just happens. But yeah, at the same time, uh, I think both of the teams kind of hurt themselves with the slow starts. I, if they both started a little bit faster, then I think they would have easily been the second and third seed. Um, and I think part of their slow starts is injuries, right? I think Rudy Gobert was out for a little bit. Obviously, Clint Capella and Chris Paul have dealt with injuries. Um, yeah, I thought it's it's clear true. that Harden, for the better part of the season, carried the team offensively. So that also plays a role into their slow start. Um, same the Jazz. I think yeah. Donovan Mitchell also missed time. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, you know, there's yeah. reasons for that. Yeah, it is what it is. Probably, That's just kind of how it shakes out. Probably would have been worse. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see how it ends up. I think this is going to be an entertaining series, though. This is kind of, I think, the series of the first round, in my opinion, um, next to, like, 76ers and Nets. I think this is, like, a very entertaining series. It'll be fun to watch for sure. So, without any further ado, we'll get to the wager for this one. So, what do you guys think? Rockets winning an over-under five-and-a-half games? That's uh, over for me. That's I'm going to say over decision. Yeah, I'll say I'll I'll say over as well. Yeah, it's over for all of us then, I believe, because I'm also going over on this one. I think the Jazz can get at least two on the Rockets. Um, mm-hmm. Season series is tied two to two, by the way. So next series, Nuggets and the Spurs. This is one for me that's kind of a low key upset alert. You know, the Nuggets the last few weeks haven't been playing that well. Spurs have caught their stride, and uh, the season series is tied two to two. And interesting fact: the Spurs have won two games against every uh, top Western Conference team except the Warriors or the Rockets, one of them. But they've, they've been very competitive against the top teams this season is the point of what I'm saying. So what do you guys think about the series? Yeah, I think this is a pretty intriguing series. I think the Spurs, um, for the second half of the year, have been uh, really good. And obviously, it's surprising, but at the same time, it's unsurprising uh, with how good of a coach Popovich is and um, you know, they've, they've done a pretty good job as a team, similar to the Clippers. Uh, they don't have a lot of star players. Obviously they have Mark Saldridge and DeMar DeRozan, but, um, I wouldn't say those are the biggest reasons they're playing the way they are. So I think they can be really competitive with the, uh, with the, with the nuggets. I think, um, 
they can steal maybe a game in Denver and they can win a game in San Antonio. Um, but I, I think the Nuggets ultimately, like it comes down to in a lot of other series, are the more talented team. Um, they've been a really good team throughout the season, and this could be one of those really close series. But um, I think I think the Nuggets, to me, are still the favorite, the clear favorite in this series. Yeah, that's fair that they're the favorite. Is that Tam? Do you think that the Spurs can win the series? I think they actually can win the series. So one of the things about the Nuggets, the way they their their competitive advantage comes from Jokic and scoring in the paint, um, and they also have against the Spurs historically and currently this season, they've been a they've been a really good team defending the paint. And so I think I think it'll be a close series. I actually can see the Spurs winning this, and because uh, I don't know, I just don't really believe in I, I believe in the Nuggets. I just don't believe in them enough. Yeah, for me to pick the Nuggets without any hesitation. Yeah, so I mean, I guess what you're saying, I get what you're saying about how Yo- uh, the Spurs do shut down the paint. That's where Jokic thrives. But at the same time, uh, Jokic is kind of like more than just a paint guy. He's somebody who can play anywhere on the court. Um, he's somebody who can stretch the floor to the three point line. He can pass the ball around a ton. And I don't know who on the Spurs will actually defend Jokic. You know, like Jakob Pertle, like he tried to defend Jokic. He didn't do a very good job. Um, Aldridge, I, I don't think like they'll put their best offensive player on defending Jokic. So it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they how they defend Jokic and how they defend the Nuggets. Um, I think because of how young and inexperienced the Nuggets are, uh, the Spurs definitely have a huge chance to pull the upset for sure. I can see it happening, but um, I, I would actually just say the Spurs push them to six or seven games. I, I think I'll settle for that. But I do think the first few games will be extremely important. Just like I said for the 76ers Nets series. Um, if the Nuggets drop a game at home, it's going to seven, you know. And I think I think um, one of the the or the bigger factor for the Nuggets in their matchup against the Spurs isn't offensively, um, but and how they're going to deal with the Spurs defense, but it's defensively. They're, I mean, Jokic is not that great of a defender, and but they so, have they have Millsap to match up on Aldridge. Aldridge did not do good against the Nuggets this year, so that's like a, it's he did not. What were his stats against the Nuggets? Like were they terrible? I mean, I don't, I, I wouldn't trust for Millsap to be the guy. I mean, maybe he's had an effect on them. I don't know, um, but I don't think Millsap on his own is can stop uh, the Spurs offense because um, Aldridge is still a really good player. Millsap isn't going to be on him every moment of the game. You know what I mean? He'll get switched onto. I think Popovich will make a point to have the Nuggets switch Jokic onto um, LaMarcus Aldridge. Derek White's a pretty good player. Like, Patty Mills is a pretty good player. He can run that pick and roll pretty nice. DeMar DeRozan and Lamar kind of have it. Um, LaMarcus kind of have it. So I think the bigger issue for the Nuggets is how, what they're going to do defensively versus the Spurs versus their ability to score. Because they can shoot. They can, they can play outside. They have several playmakers. Um, but defensively, they're not the sharpest team. And I think that's uh, that's a negative for those teams when they play the Spurs in the playoffs. That's fair, yeah. So, I mean, Tam, do you, have, do you have any closing thoughts on this series based on what Evo said? Or Yeah, I agree. The, so the Nuggets, statistically, they're not horrible on defense. The Spurs will be able to take advantage of some of their, some of their, um, some of the things they're not great at. So, like, Jokic, Evo Rob, Jokic, hit perimeter, I think, the Spurs will get them involved in the perimeter with pick and rolls, and I, I, that's I, that's probably one of the reasons I think it's gonna be a close series. Um, I think the fan what the Nuggets are great at, and they'll be able to take advantage of what the Nuggets aren't great at. And I think 
the Spurs are one of those teams that they they do that better than any other team in the NBA, regardless of who's on the roster. Yeah. So I just pulled up Aldridge's numbers, uh, Ebo against against the Nuggets. So okay. he actually did, he did pretty good. He had twenty two points. Um, but really, the, the Nuggets did a really good job of limiting him from three-point range, only 20% from three-point range, and he was minus three over the four games. So um, I think that oh, overall, the Nuggets did a decent job on him, but he did, he did have success uh, as evidenced by his 22 points. So I think, um, you know, it's kind of just, it, when it comes down to it, Paul Millsap is probably like one of the best kind of interior defenders in the NBA in terms of his DM yeah. big men. So that's, that's why totally I think that, that's, a, that's a big kind of thing to watch. So, yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, yeah, that's, that's a fair point. I think it'll be an interesting matchup, and just to see how both teams try to exploit that or avoid that will be just something to watch, you know? Something to watch, of, and not even just uh, between Millsap and LaMarcus Aldridge, but it's like, um, I think, like, DeMar DeRozan, who, who he's going to defend, because I don't think he's the greatest defender, and so seeing how... Mike Malone and the Nuggets try and attack that will be um, will be really interesting and a huge factor in their success. I think. Yeah, it it will be interesting for sure. I mean, if you if both these teams are, are pretty deep as well, so I don't think it's like a, a a factor of like oh like some teams have a short rotation like like one team has a short rotation, the other one has, a, has a, a deeper rotation. I think both the teams will play the same amount of players, so it will be interesting to watch for sure. We'll get to the wager. So Nuggets winning in over or under five and a half games. Um, I'm gonna say, yeah, I think it's gonna be seven game series. Yeah, so I'm definitely going over as well with oh. Tam. Maybe it made this one a little yeah. bit easier. Maybe I should have made it six and a half. Yeah, I'll say over as well. Yeah, um, I I could see it going to six or seven. That's definitely yeah. Uh, Cool. So, uh, if I made it six and a half, what do you guys think? Would that change your answer at all? I'd still say over. Yeah, I, I would think I would say over as well. I would actually, huh? If if it's six instead, of, I think it would. I think the Nuggets can take it in six. To be honest, you know, I respect Popovich and stuff, but I think it it will be done in six because I think the Nuggets are a better team than a lot of people give them credit for. And even though the Spurs are, you know, Popovich and the Spurs were playing a lot better to attend the season. They're they're still one of the worst Spurs teams, um, in a while, and I think the Nuggets can take advantage of that having a special season. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Um, but I just think the inexperience will come into play, and that could cause them to drop a game. You know, um, not that that makes them a worse team, but um, I think it could just cause them to drop a game. That's definitely, just, definitely. Going with an inexperienced um, yeah. team is uh is always is always tough in the playoffs. You know, always tough. Yeah. So we'll get to the last series that we're going to talk about. And this one is kind of unfortunate, you know, the Blazers and the Thunder, the uh, third seed Blazers and the sixth seed Thunder. And I think this is the best pop- possible matchup for the Thunder. Do any of you guys disagree with me with that? I think the Nuggets yeah, would have been good, I think a, a matchup, but um, I think this, this is a good matchup. I think the Nuggets Yeah, I mean, the, the reason I don't think the Nuggets would have been the best possible case, Ebo, is just because the Thunder have swept the Blazers. And also the Blazers um, are missing Nurkic, so that's true. the reason I, I like them a little yeah. bit better as a matchup, especially because like Stephen Adams against Canner, no contest, and then if you throw in like really skinny guys and Zach Collins or Miles Leonard, even easier for Adams. Um, you know, so that's that's just what I think. Yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a struggle for the Blazers in this series, in my opinion. Yeah. So, uh, so Tam, you also agree this is the easiest possible matchup for the Thunder? 
Yeah, I think the I think the Thunder actually are going to win this series. They might even win it at six. Okay, yeah, I'm, that that's fair. Um, so what kind of stands out to you when you guys look at this series? Um, any matchups in particular? Um, well, now that you mentioned that, um, 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 Nurkic being out. Yeah, sorry, yeah. go ahead to me. Yeah, like what like what Ronak said, Stephen Adams um, taking advantage of rebounds, second chance points. Um, without with a uh, Ennis Cantor out there, um, the Blazers don't really have someone that can defend him. From uh, Nurkic, who got injured, and then I think um, there's the Thunder. They're just a lot better than their West. So I think they'll I think they'll be able to win the series. And I just don't see what the Blazers do tremendously better than the Thunder. Um, but the Thunder can't defend. Well, I think the one so thing the Blazers be like, do tremendously be better than the Thunder is offense, which I think any playoff team does yeah, tremendously better than shooting, the Thunder. So I, it's I, shooting, but Thunder can defend that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, the Thunder are one of the best like defensive teams in the NBA. Um, but at the end of the day, um, I, I have my theory. Actually, Ebo, I'm going to let you uh, talk a little bit about this, and then I have, I have a little theory that I want to talk about for the Blazers. So go ahead. Sure, yeah. Um, I think... I think, like you guys said, Nurkic being out is um, kind of the matchup to watch between, and or because of him being out, the matchup to watch is Stephen Adams down low and, and kind of the trouble that the Blazers would have defending him. But more than just defending Stephen Adams, uh, Paul George, Russell Westbrook, Jeremy Grant, Dennis Schroeder, all these guys attack the rim. That's just their, that's part of their style of play, especially Russell Westbrook. Paul George is really good at attacking the rim as well. So not having a better interior defender than Ennis Canner, it's going to be a huge advantage for the Thunder. And um, that's kind of, I think, what is going to shift it totally in the Thunder's favor. Not totally, but, you know, more in the Thunder's favor. Because offensively, they have this trouble, but if they're able to finish at the rim at a really high rate, I think Paul George um, will play well. He's been kind of up and down, but I think his injury has been a part of that, right? That's also... Uh, something to watch but um if they're able to attack the rim then the outside shooters will kind of have space opened up for them and if the thunder are shooting well which isn't always the case but sometimes it is um and like they showed against the blazers in the regular season they can score against them then they're a really good team and they're really really hard to be in the west against most teams um so i think that makes them the favorite for me against the blazers yeah, I agree with you, Ebo. Um, I think the two players I really want to watch in this game are Damian Lillard and Russell Westbrook. Um, they're two guys who always talk about it in the news, too. They love to compete against each other. And, um, and I'll tell you why that's a positive for the Blazers, but a negative for the Thunder. The positive for the Blazers is because after last year, Lillard is coming with a chip on his shoulder. Um, Nurkic injury or not, he wants to show that like, he isn't the kind of player that just goes out and loses like the way that they did to the Pelicans last year. And he has a chip on his shoulder. And I think that all was kind of um makes him a better player when he's motivated but on the flip side russell westbrook i think when he's kind of competing against another point guard sometimes he tries to one-up them a little too much and as much as i love russell westbrook as a player and i think a lot of the criticism that comes his way isn't really fair at the same time uh he needs to realize that the thunder are the superior team so all that inefficient quick shots that sometimes he takes against better teams that help them win uh he needs to just stop those, and he needs to just attack the rim, make plays for his teammates, and just play good basketball so the Thunder can beat a team that they're supposed to beat. Um, that's yeah, kind I, of what I, I think about right the series. Yeah. 
I agree yeah, with that. I agree with that. And I think it's really uh, that really comes down to um, how good of a job the coaching staff is going to do. I think that's ultimately what plays the biggest role in Russell Westbrook playing the where he's most effective, which is like you said, attacking the rim, making plays for his teammates, and not chucking up those um, just stupid threes. He just takes really stupid threes. I don't know why he does it, but um, yeah. That's kind of on the coaching staff. You know, that's on Mo Cheeks and um, Billy Donovan to just kind of direct him um, in the most successful manner, for the team. which is exactly. not easy. Yeah, it's never easy with a player like Russell Westbrook who's high-wired, which can sometimes, like, it's the best thing for your team, but it's also sometimes the worst thing for your team. So, he but also, you know what? Sometimes when Russell Westbrook has competed against really top-tier point guards, he's performed really well, too. Um, I think against the Warriors in the 2016 Western Conference Finals, he played really great. He had a great series. Um, obviously, he didn't come up in the clutch at moments, but overall, he had a good series. So it's not that he can't do it. Um, and I think he has to draw on that success in the past to kind of um, get himself in the right, you know, basketball IQ mindset. But um, that's just – that's – Ultimately, what makes the difference between Russell Westbrook and other players is um, his decision-making at times, right? That's exactly. his one yeah. catch, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm also a big fan of the Thunder as well. Um, I, I think they have the ability uh, in the playoffs to push really good teams like the Rockets to, to seven games, uh, like the Rockets and the Warriors. So I, I'm high on them. Uh, I think because of the Nurkic injury, it's, um, it's Thunder and a six for me. Um, so we'll just jump to the wager. So what do you guys think? I'm taking the under on the Thunder um, six and a half. Thunder over under six and a half. Um, I take the Thunder uh, under. What about you guys? Yeah, I'll take the under as well. That's a good pick, man. What about you, Tam? What do you think? Yeah. I'm going to say under as well, actually. Yeah, for sure. I think we're all in agreement on that one. Um, yeah, it's just unfortunate. The Nurkic injury, I'd love to see teams at full strength in the playoffs. Like, I don't like the Embiid injury. I don't like the Nurkic injury. I don't like any injuries, yeah. man. Does anyone like injuries? No one does, right? Yeah, no one's going to say they like injuries. Yeah, no one's terrible. <laughs> yeah, injuries but it's the teams are, but don't get injured that win. Exactly, right? Sports is sometimes a war of attrition. 